morning again, and welcome to another edition of Mastermind Minutes. My name is Gary Grosso. I am the founder and managing partner for Franchise Growth Solutions, as well as the publisher of FranchiseMoneyMaker.com. For those of you who are new to the program, uh, Mastermind Minutes is a very quick podcast, generally about 15 minutes or so. We have one guest. We ask one question. Uh, and we get one expert answer in minutes, not hours. And today, our guest is Nicole Durio. And Nicole has more than 25 years of experience in accounting, financial reporting, advisory services, business consulting, uh, CFO services, as well as internal and external auditing. Um, she has served as the interim controller uh, and or CFO for various organizations with revenues of up to $500 million. And some of these organizations uh, are in the healthcare industry, transportation, uh, service industries, the oil field services, which I'm intrigued about, uh, as well as multiple startup companies. Um, she is a thought leader on money and finance, and she has uh, merged her love and knowledge for economics, finance, and uh, money with her dedication uh, to guiding entrepreneurs and startups to financial and operational success, which we all know uh, startups truly do need to focus on their finances in order to survive and thrive. So Nicole, thank you very, very much for being with us today. I'm excited to have you here and I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to our conversation. Thank you for having me, Gary. Oh, uh, again, our pleasure. So I, before we get into the question, I usually ask the guests, tell us a little bit more about your company, about your services. Tell us about Nicole. I realize that bio is just a very brief snapshot. So tell us a little bit more about you and what you're currently doing. Absolutely. So Gary, let me start off by saying I am an advisor and a business consultant by profession. Being a CPA is my credential. But I love ensuring that my clients can sleep at night by providing them business solutions to ever-changing challenges. Well, I like the idea that you separate sort of your purpose from your discipline of your CPA, but your purpose really is in, in helping. I also, uh, I also appreciate your use of the term, you help your clients sleep at night, because we all know, uh, and I know, I know firsthand um, as a business owner, you know, launching my company and years ago, I was a franchisee at Dunkin' Donuts. Um, you know, it wasn't about the product, the service, the work that would keep me up at night. It was paying the bills. Can I pay the bills? Will I, will I meet payroll? So, so I guess with that as sort of the backdrop to get this conversation going, maybe you can tell us um, just in overview, we'll get into it a little deeper. What are, what are some of the challenges that you see that startups uh, face when, you know, in attempting to manage cash flow? And I realize that's how you help them, but what are some of those very common things that maybe regardless of the industry, startups in general face these same challenges. Absolutely, Gary. I would say the primary challenge is really simple. It's a lack of planning. Mm. They identify the business they want to do. They have somewhat of an understanding of what it's going to take to get it started. 
but they don't know that they need 18 months to three years of working capital to sustain a new business model. They don't understand services. Many entrepreneurs don't understand services unless they're in a service business, they may. And what I mean by that, Gary, is that an entrepreneur can buy a pen for a dollar. For a dollar, I got my pen. But if you tell someone to pay $100 to sit down and speak to an accountant or an attorney for 30 minutes, it's a service. It's not tangible. They can't see it and they back away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I completely agree with you. I think uh, and, and in franchising, in the franchising business, you know, we have a document uh, that we are required to give to potential franchisees and they have to have that document about 14, at least 14 days in most states, at least 14 days before they sign an agreement. And one of the items that's covered in that franchise disclosure document is um, a turnkey investment. And and it's very interesting because we deal a lot with restaurants and bricks and mortar. Um, and and the tangible intangible is key to what you just said, because people, people can understand, oh, okay, I have to rent a building or I have to rent a place and I have to buy equipment and I have to buy inventory. And they think that's it. But then when they start looking at things like professional fees for an attorney to review a lease or an Mm -hmm. architect or working capital, you know, not just the working capital, keep the business afloat, but we always advise them. What about keeping yourself afloat? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you're not going to pull cash out of the business right away. How are you paying your home bills, your mortgage, your electric bill, putting food on the table in addition to working capital that you need to keep, the business going so so what are what are some of the solutions or, or advice that you would give a startup in you know in that area of managing that cash flow and what they should be thinking about before just sort of jumping off the cliff and you know building a parachute on the way down as i always say what i recommend is that the new business owner has their customers or clients fund the business. And what do I mean by that? Getting payments up front, getting deposits, and making sure if their clients or customers are paying in 30 days, then they want to pay their vendors in 45 days. Because you want to make sure what you're paying is extended beyond the time of what you're receiving. Mm -hmm. The other thing, Gary, is that business owners have to make sure they understand what cash on hand is versus cash flow, right? Okay. Cash please, on please hand. Explain that. Explain yes. that a little bit for us. Cash on hand is a snapshot, right? So I can look at my bank account on Tuesday and see that I have $50,000, but I have to account for Friday's payroll of $35,000. So really, I only have $15,000. So there's money that needs to be collected, receivables, uh, invoices that need to be sent. Because a lot of business owners manage their business based on the cash on hand, and they forget the obligations that encumber upon that cash on hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and that's the quickest and easiest, I'll use that term lightly, but that's the easiest way to start to fall behind in Mm -hmm. things like, you know, electric bills and stuff that you could sort of drag. I know in the restaurant business, what we typically see restaurant tours do is 
the they'll never drag their uh their supplier their distributor because mm -hmm. they obviously they need food in order to sell food at the restaurant to make money mm -hmm. but we'll see them start to drag the rent a little bit we'll see them crazy we tell them never do this they'll start to drag sales tax and they'll start to really get into hot water and the challenge we see is it's a spiral you know once you yes. start going down the slippery slope as they say it's mm -hmm. very hard to come back off of that because in most cases if your business is making 70 or 80 thousand dollars a month 90 thousand dollars a month and you're falling behind chances are next month you're not making two hundred thousand dollars you're, right. you're probably <laughs> doing about the same so so then you know how maybe you can tell us a little bit about because i hear this a lot where people have a line of credit maybe to carry them through a a rough patch so they can buy inventory talk to us a little bit about things like lines of credit the maybe the difference between debt uh equity a lot of folks don't understand those those terms and i know they all mean different things so if you wouldn't mind absolutely so a, a line of credit is is that is what it is it's a line or a lifeline so say for example you have a hundred thousand dollars of a line of credit you don't pay interest on that line of credit until you actually draw down on it or you need it there are some lines of credit, Gary, that actually charge you for the unused portion of the line, but I would not recommend entering into that type of arrangement. Right. <clears throat> so you have your line of credit and say you want to purchase inventory or you're doing a build out for a new space because of the type of concept that you're entering into, you need a build out. And so you enter into a line of credit and you finance the build out with the line of credit. And mm -hmm. once you become operational, you pay it down depending upon the terms. Mm -hmm. Now, equity is what it is. It's equity or ownership in the business operation. You can build equity one or, or two or three different ways. One is the capital you put in. The second is the retained earnings from the business. And the third way is if you offer to sell a percentage of your business to another person or another entity. Now, some people are opposed to this idea, but Gary, I like uh, selling a portion of the business, 10 or 15%, because oftentimes if you sell it to the right partner, they can really 10x, 100x your business depending upon what it is. And so I ask people all the time, do you want 100% of a million or do you want 50% of 10 million? Yeah, well, doing that math is 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 relatively simple for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. and and I agree. I I um I'm not I'm not a big debt person. Um I right. mean it has it it has its place. It it's mm -hmm. a tool you know, uh, if I have a line of credit and again, if I'm, I don't know if I'm in a business that requires a specific piece of equipment and that equipment goes down and, and I can't be in business without it. And I need a new piece of equipment, then mm -hmm. certainly debt line of credit, obviously I got to stay in business. I get it. Um, you know, where I don't like to see people use debt infusion is 
for operating expenses, you know, whoa, I got, you know, okay, whoa, wait a minute now, we're borrowing money to pay an ongoing expense, that that's not a good thing. The equity, the equity piece, I completely agree with you on on several levels. First, um, you don't technically owe the money back. Okay, they person owns it. And, you know, sometimes when people go and they do what they call a friends and family round at a startup, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll go and they will maybe present that they want to borrow the money. I don't like that idea because if you borrow it, you got to pay it back. But Mm -hmm. if, you know, if Uncle Joe is an investor in the business or someone else who might be a strategic partner as well, put some money in the business, as long as you maintain control, I'm not big on giving up control. Now you've got that money. You can use that money. You're obviously you're obligated to work hard to give a return on that investment, but you're not under the gun, so to speak, to write a check to the bank every month to pay off a debt. So uh, I, I I do like I do like equity. Now, in a startup situation, emerging brand situation, or maybe even a, a an operator who's been around for a while operating a business, sometimes people don't have great credit scores. They don't understand. They have to personally guarantee in many cases a loan. So what you know, the term we use is you know. Are they bankable? Are what's their bankability? Right. Um, talk to us about well. First, explain bankability, and then talk to us if someone is not bankable. Can they become uh, 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 yes. in favor of the bank? Can the bank look on them favorably? How do how do you go about yes. that? Yes. So so bankability, <clears throat> Gary, is just really an individual's creditworthiness right? What is their character, their reputation? What does their credit score look like? Uh, will the bank roll the dice on this person for $50,000, $100,000, million? So let me first start by saying, Gary, I believe everyone who is in business needs to have three individuals in their circle, an accountant, a banker, and counsel. A, B, C, an accountant, a banker and counsel. Very. I simple. love that. I'm going to use so, that. I love that. So, love that. so the thought with that is, even though your credit score may be subpar, if you're developing relationships with bankers, they do have credit committees and individuals who will make exceptions based on your character. And what I mean by that is, hey, I know Joe. Joe went through a divorce. Joe fell on hard times. This is an isolated incident he will repay the money back, someone who will vouch for you. And people don't even realize that there are so many exceptions to guidelines, terms, and conditions, but you have to go a minimum of two levels up. I tell people, if you're working on a deal, you're working on the transactions, you didn't level up at least twice, you're not getting the best terms. So, Okay, wait, so stop right there. When you say you have to go two levels up, so does that mean I just want to sort of put a, uh, visual to it. So I walk into my my local bank where I may have a relationship because I got my business checking account. Your business and banker. I, mm-hmm. And I talk to the person at, at the desk. You're yes. saying that's not that's not really the, the person, person who can make the decision. Right. So you have that business banker and then you have the branch manager. You have the junior or senior VP who's over the branch manager. And that's what I mean by going two levels up. Okay, how do you reach that person if you walk into a local bank? Do you just ask, hey, I want to speak to 
whomever. I mean, you 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 can ask for the branch manager and develop a relationship maybe after two or three visits and then you can ask that manager well who's the vp or the regional manager or the commercial vp in this area or how can i get to know them so so getting back to what you said in the opening of the you know that opening question about challenges and things that perhaps the entrepreneur doesn't think about Mm-hmm. You 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 use the word planning, and planning is not just about writing it out. It's about understanding the timing to build to network. So you said maybe you're going to go visit the banker two two times or three times. This isn't something that you're doing every day. This is t- this is a relationship. Yeah, there, it's touch points. It's touch points. It's the buildup. So Gary, I'll give you an example. I moved into a new community about a year ago. I consciously and purposely, if I received a physical check, I went to the same bank for six months. So that what? They could become familiar with who I was, face, the branch manager knew me. Relationships are so very important. Mm -hmm. And people do not know what they do not know. And what I can say is the most expensive intangible liability off the balance sheet is ignorance it's very expensive yeah um again well i i would be in complete and total agreement with you there and that you know that's why i've sort of dedicated devoted my life to the franchising industry because in franchising folks who want to go into business who know nothing about not just business in general but about a particular type of business when they get involved in franchising, they're typically taught the business. They're given the systems, the tools. Uh, they, you know, they'll work with a counselor to help them, you know, manage that business. Because you're right. I mean, the things that'll get them are the things they don't know. They get blindsided. Um, the fine print. The fine print. The fine print. Like I didn't know I had to pay that tax, or I didn't realize when I signed that contract. Like I'm, I have to give a 60 day notice. So I got to keep paying uh, before I can get out of that. Or gee, the, the person that sold me the equipment isn't the person that installs it. I got to hire someone else to do those things. So all of those- And little- prepayment penalties, prepayment penalties and debt instruments. That is a big one. Why yeah. do I get penalized for paying you early? Well, the bank counted on your interest payments and you took that away. So they got to true that up. Right. So so they're they're counting on X dollars in interest or if you're going to pay that loan in advance and God bless you if you make enough money and you can. But the bank's position is, well, we've got a minimum that we were expecting to make and you have to pay that because they're not going to go through all the trouble of doing a loan and going through the I mean, they've got work on their end. And then you prepay that thing three months later or four months later. And they haven't even covered their cost to do the loan. Uh, You know, very, very often, you know, people view the banker as the bad guy. Oh, they're just Mm -hmm. making money. But the banker is really your friend. Um, You just have to know how to engage in the relationship with a banker so that it's a a two way street. So this is I mean, I I love this stuff. I could I could talk about this stuff forever. Um, I guess if there was, you know, a last word or, or sort of a last piece of advice that you could give our audience in terms of dealing with 
cash flow, starting a business? What should I look for on the money piece? What what would that be? And then after that, I'll ask you how people can get in touch with you. But what would be your last word on the topic of, of cash, cash flow, debt, equity, whatever? It's, it's really geared what I've already said. It's ABC. Make sure you have an attorney, a banker, uh, an accountant, a banker, and counsel on your team. Uh, you will not win without those three individuals on your team. You just absolutely will not. You're going to have more challenges, more headaches, and you're going to lose much more weight than you want to. Yeah. Again, I I, I agree with everything you've said. Uh, Nicole, if people wanted to reach out to you for your services or they have a question, what's the best way for them to, to get in touch with you? Sure. So thank you for this opportunity, Gary. I always say, if you're looking for a good accountant, I cannot help you. But if you want a great one, feel free to reach out. Okay. And, and Nicole Michelle at MadisonBrothers.com. Okay. Give that to us just one more time. I think I think it may have broke. The audio may have broken up there. Just give us that one more yes, time. I think okay. I may have said it incorrectly. It's actually Nicole.Dorio at MadisonBrothers.com. And okay. that's brothers spelled out and Madison, M-A-D-I-S-O-N-B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S.com. Okay, that's great. And we will put that link uh, and um, and the a, any other information on how to reach you in the uh, text of the podcast. So, uh, Nicole, I want to thank you for being with us today. I truly appreciate the conversation. I think it's critically important entrepreneurs can sometimes get so excited about the little yes. widget that they invented or about their business that they don't focus on sort of the blood which is the money mm -hmm. that has to keep moving and you need blood and so i truly appreciate your insights today thank you gary uh we have to keep the main thing the main thing which is the money yeah i, I agree i agree thank you thank you